0: Hi guys, Alistair Stewart here. I hope this finds everyone well. I want to share with you tonight a few thoughts on Star Trek Generations. Now I know we are going back in time a bit, uh, right back to 1994 on the tail end of The Next Generation. I know for many of you this will be uh, forever the film in which Captain Kirk, as played by William Shatner, died on, died under the bridge rather than died on the bridge. But nevertheless, I actually think this is a film that has its merits. Now, a friend of mine said to me recently that, hey, Ali, you're only reviewing and only commenting on films that you have something to say on, that you only have something to do good with. Uh, yeah, I, as as my friend said, there is an element of truth to this. Why would you waste your time reviewing something, and particularly if you're in a voluntary capacity, particularly if you're uh, test driving, uh review section of your site why would you spend your time reviewing something that you didn't think had an element of something to comment on whether that be something to say about whether that be good or bad now I have to say guys that for I'm 28 now and that Star Trek has been a phenomenally defining and and, and powerful part uh, part of my life and I'm not saying that when I was growing up that it was oh the latest the latest Trek film is out and let's go see it. Is I don't actually recall ever seeing a Star Trek film at the cinema until we got to uh, Star Trek Nemesis. What I am saying is that someone who loved it growing up. I mean, I would spend my weekends building Lego models of Voyager. I uh, never went Deep Space Nine route, but that pesky Cardassian design was just impossible with Lego. But I would go the full Voyager. Never. Never TNG either. That's a bit too tricky either. But *Fool Voyager*, *Fool Voyager*. Now, I've written elsewhere and I've said elsewhere that as I've gotten older, um, I, I God help me, I hate to say that actual word, but as I've gotten older, it's become more and more difficult to justify *Star Trek* as an action series. I think it weighs very, very much on the soul of those that inherited. Gene Roddenberry's legacy, that it was anything other than uh, avant-garde, uh, intellectual, cerebral series, which had meshed, uh, like, guised itself incredibly well as an action series. Now, there are there is an announcement that there's going to be a new Star Trek series, and the recent announcement today, and I very much what prompted this discussion, was that Nicholas Mayer, who very famously made uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and... Star Trek 6, the undiscovered country, is going to return to the role. For me, that's wonderful news, but I don't think that one of the best Star Trek films, and certainly one of the ones that's the most underrated, it genuinely is Star Trek Generations. William Shatner, William Shatner is still alive. Leonard Nimoy died last year, rest is so, and he truly did. He, he lived long, and he prospered. Um, Shatner is still alive. And I'm not talking about this in a way that let's make an 80 year old, you know, cameo and all the rest of it. But as you know, as 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 a film that said goodbye to a character, we need to remember that we, as a society, are not immune to this now. Like we've recently, particularly this year, we had Creed, for example, which I incidentally reviewed. Rocky Balboa, Sylvester Stallone. An aged Sylvester Stone and an aged Rocky Balboa saying goodbye to the character. We had The Dark Knight Rises a few years ago. Christian Bale played the character for uh, then seven years saying goodbye to it. There are innumerable number of instances where you've got an iconic, uh, what has now become an iconic character saying goodbye to the role. We've got The Wolverine 3 coming out in two years, which has been mass marketed as uh, Hugh Jackman's last role. Why is it that we remember Star Trek Generations as anything other than Captain Kirk's goodbye? Now, I think the reason is that his death was a little bit clumsily put together. Rick Berman and and all the rest of them could have done better. This was very much Captain Picard, uh, Patrick Stewart's series, and it was by that point '94 was not long after when the series ended, and it ended splendidly. This should be stressed, but the film has to be second only to, and I well, I fully accept the stick I'm gonna get for this, second only to the Wrath of Khan in the emotional intelligence that it actually has. Thematically, it's dealing with age. It's uh, dealing with change. It's changing how you look at the series. It's dealing with uh, legacy. It's looking at redundancy of being relevant having a legacy, but not being relevant to the present context. It's hero worship, and it's disjointed. There is a disjointed feeling to it, the, like the, the suits that they're wearing. There's, a, there's this ridiculous story about how they're all borrowing suits from Deep Space Nine, and you've got Picard wearing something one minute, Riker the next, who's always got his sleeves rolled up. Don't get me wrong, that element of it's a, it, it is a total mess. Thematically, I think that the music of it and I think that what the story is trying to tell is, is deeply, deeply powerful. And I think it should be given more, particularly as we uh, are about to welcome a new uh, series to the franchise's uh, core. I think it's very, very important to appreciate how, what this film got right. Now, J.J. Abrams came along and he reinvented as it is widely heralded, the, how the Star Trek formula works. It's no longer Star Trek 11 and Star Trek 12. It's now uh Star Trek, and we've reinvented it. Personally speaking, I will never forgive him for destroying Vulcan, but I have the absolute respect for him bringing back these characters which were so popular. He never pushed the boundaries of what Gene Roddenberry envisioned. Star Trek was always meant to be avant-garde. It was always meant to be blacks on the bridge, Russians on the bridge Chinese on the bridge, etc. and so forth it was meant to challenge the zeitgeist of the day and really push it if the new series is going to come back it should do that, but it should also appreciate the strengths and the weaknesses of what came before, and one of them which that what capped everything that came before is the death of Captain Kirk now we've got Chris Pine who plays an admirable Kirk he's not a parody, he's not a stereotype he's a good Kirk, but when the original Kirk died, when it came back, the opening of Generations was meant to feature uh, McCoy and Spock, but neither actor wanted to come back because a little bit too cheap. So we got a Chekhov and we got Scotty. So it was, it was relevant. It was powerful. It was, but it was not. It was not as goddamn stomach-grabbing as it could have been the point of all this is to say that thematically generations is deeply powerful if you watch it and you listen to it it's it's sad it's a sad thing in the way that genera uh the the next generation always tapped into but as the name suggests with this it's it's it is generational it's the sadness of moving on it's the sadness of death it's the sadness of change the power of change The power of death to transform how you view life. And as it happens, it's dealing with, the de- in many respects, actually, the death of an American hero. And that is what Captain Kirk is. And the the passing on, the formal passing on, although uh, TNG had existed for years by this point, eight years by this point, the formal passing on of the battle of TNG, Picard, Patrick Stewart to Shatner Kirk, is very, very powerful, it's like, Who am I to argue with? The captain of the Enterprise. And it's little moments like this that actually embellish it up to being a great character-driven film, and it's just a shame that the the makers of this, the directors of this, never had the foresight to appreciate this as less of a science-fiction saga, and more as a character-driven film. Personally speaking, this film will always be definable, I, I think, For all that David Carson directed it and for all it was produced by Rick Berman, who had done the series previously and for all that Ronald D. Moore had done the script, it will always be remembered as a deeply tragic film for its music by Dennis McCarthy. And Dennis McCarthy was a wonderful, wonderful composer, injects all the emotion that you need into this, this film. And I think even if it's got a notoriety and an infamy from Captain Kirk died under a bridge rather than on the bridge joke not intended, it's it's deeply powerful because it's all about change. And these characters move on. Now, the subsequent films, uh, First Contact, was wonderful inspiration. Yeah. And Nemesis, let's not speak about it. This was the film. If, if they'd never done another TNG cast film after this this is the one that they should remember. Um, Marvellous film, marvellous creation. Deeply, deeply flawed in places, but I don't think it should be as widely derided as it is by fans, and particularly in the back of a new series coming out. It should be remembered that this is a film that is both a celebration of change and a celebration of death and of life. Personally speaking, I think everyone should go back and watch it right now and see that the line, and it is always going to be the line, Who am I to argue with the captain of the Enterprise? Who indeed? Check this film out. It's a classic. It's a great film. Very, very flawed. But ultimately, it's Captain Kirk and Captain Picard.